Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now, here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. I'm Richard Bliss, the host, like the man said. You're listening to episode 213, and this episode is brought to you by the sponsors who are supporting the Patreon campaign at www.patreon.com slash Richard Bliss. We want to thank all of those supporters who are making the show possible by pledging their support. If you get an opportunity, go take a look. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Richard Bliss and pledge your support. And we thank those who have made this episode possible. You might have noticed that more and more of my guests are returning guests. One of the reasons is, is because a couple of years ago when we first started the show, three years ago, there was a different attitude and opinion about where Kickstarter was going and what it was capable of doing. Now, here we are a couple of years later, and we're discovering that some of our initial ideas were right and some of them were wrong. And whole new opportunities have opened them up, themselves up. So I've invited guests back, and in this case, Scott being one of those. Uh, my guest is Scott King. Scott, welcome back to the show. Hey, I'm happy to be here. So, Scott, you and I talked a little over almost two years ago exactly uh, for your very first Kickstarter project that was called Holiday Wars, right? Exactly. Okay. And so by by profession, you're a writer and photographer, right? Yes. You came out with that Holiday Wars, and I recall at the time it was kind of like – it was kind of an all or nothing type thing, and that was this was the one chance, get this thing out here – and voila, you know, Kickstarter was going to give you this unique opportunity, but we really didn't think too much further beyond that, did we? Not really, no. The goal was just kind of like, all right, this is all or nothing. We're going to do it. If it doesn't work, we're just going to stop Holiday Wars. But it, it panned out. It worked out well, and Holiday Wars is still doing strong. You didn't follow up your success with something in the same genre or the same category. All four or five of your campaigns have been wildly different man maybe some similarity there but i'm uh, pretty close wildly different right yeah i'm a little bit weird in the sense that i started with the graphic novel my second kickstarter was for a non-fiction book on screenwriting based on the college course i was teaching my third kickstarter was a 2014 gaming calendar and my current kickstarter is called cupcakes versus brownies and that's a middle grade novel so all very very different why the wide disparity why the the such a uh, an incredible amount of diversity here. I just like to create. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really into reading and writing, so I like to write books. On the flip side, I went to film school. I work partially as a photographer, and I love to take photos. And I thought, hey, you know what? If I like my photos and other people like my photos, maybe they'll want to calendar my photos. So it just kind of all been an organic flow from one project to the next. And this is what your next Kickstarter is going to be uh, like in August, right? Yeah, we're going to launch the, the 2015 gaming calendar. And we're doing it early because last year we did it in October. This year it's going to happen early, so I have the fall to actually sell additional copies online. Because this, Well, this brings up an interesting point because all of your campaigns, all of these, have been fairly small, right? I think uh, your biggest one was Holiday Wars. How much money did you raise for Holiday Wars? Uh, if I remember it was, it was 3000 Yeah, so we're not talking a lot of money here for your campaigns. And this was another thing I think that's that's been so – interesting that's come out of this is that each time you've done your projects, you've gotten enough mon money to do the project, but then the project almost takes on a life of its own, doesn't it? And starts to kind of give back. Yeah. In all these cases, I basically picked, all right, this is what I need to make this project happen. Not for what I need to make money off of it or make huge profit. It's just, this is what I need for it to go forward. Um, 
And then on the back end, I've been lucky enough that in all the cases, they've all become profitable. So, for example, the Holiday Wars, how, where mm-hmm. would people have purchased Holiday Wars from? Uh, well, it's obviously online at Amazon and, and places like that. But we also released it uh, through Diamond into comic shops. Okay. And I think off the original or initial print run, we only have like 200 copies left. So it's, it's done very well. And then your finish the script book. Mm-hmm. That's in paperback. I think you told me it's in ebook, physical, and audiobook, right? Yes, and the audiobook for that has actually outsold the other two versions by far. Uh, and where do you get the so what's it called? Finish the script. Where would you find finish the script? So this is I, go go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> you can find finish the script on Amazon, on iTunes, and at Audible.com. So this isn't like you self published and then just stuck it on your website. You, these are being sold through Audible, through things like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're going to take a cut on it when when they go and sell it to sure, other places. Sure. But that also means no work on on my end, other than checking my bank account and see if I got anything this past month or not. Well, that's not a bad hobby to have. It's checking your bank account and seeing if something dropped in. And and is the calendar the same thing? That how do you is the calendar where you buy it on Amazon? Or is that one where you buy it off your website? How does that work? Um. For the calendar, because I, I converted it from being the base calendar to the base calendar and the custom, I had to go print on demand for that. And so we are selling that only through uh, Lulu. Okay. So the, okay. And Lulu, for those who are listening, is a self publishing site where you can upload all your images. And that, that's what they do. They can do. I actually. It's actually pu- better known for its, um, the, the, the print books and novels yeah. and nonfiction books. But they had a great deal on the calendar. So I went with them for the calendar. Yeah, I published my. Uh, uh, Stealing the Show, my business book that I uh, published two years ago that's on Amazon right now. I went through Lulu to do that. So this, this is fascinating. So what you've done is each one of these is, is kind of like uh, you've thrown something against the wall to see if it sticks. And, and each one is kind of creating a unique environment, publishing calendars, books, graphic novels, uh, audio books, all of that. Is, each one must have its own different, unique uh, experience when it comes to Kickstarter or do they cross over? Is there a crossover that you're finding that just works or have some things caught you off guard? There's, there's a little bit of crossover, but, but overall each one's hitting a completely different demographic. So when going into the Kickstarters, it's almost as if each Kickstarter was my first Kickstarter. You know, it's not like I published a game and then came back with a second game on publishing. And instead it's, Hey, I'm publishing my first thing. And Oh, Hey, look, I'm publishing my second first thing. Um, there has been some crossover. For example, with Finish the Script, I did have a, a chunk of Holiday Wars readers back it. Um, I had no crossover between my books and my calendar. But now with the, the newest one, Cupcakes vs. Brownies, which is on Kickstarter, I did have some of the calendar people back that. So it's, it's, it's completely unpredictable, but it hasn't been a lot of crossover. Did you go to your gaming calendar project, go to updates, and mention in the updates to your gaming calendar folks that you had launched another project? I purposely didn't do that because I, I do feel they are different demographics. And if when I when I do hit those readers up again, I want to say, hey, this is now the new calendar for next year. And I think that's really the only appropriate thing to update with there. I don't think it would fit to hit them for something else. Did you do that for anything else, like the finish the script? That was a book. You've got a new book. Did you do it on that one? I did do it on finish the script. And I don't think I've had any – no, I think I had one backer for finish the script and that's it. So the one you didn't do it for, they have come over – uh, significantly, the one you did do it for, you saw almost statistically no impact whatsoever. Right. The, the whole crossover, I just have no idea how to guess what it's going to be or, or not going to be. 
Well, what what have you what have you learned then? That's like okay, this this works, this doesn't work. So the crossover didn't work. What else? Um, I, th- I think the f- the first thing is important is is going into each of these projects knowing you're not trying to get rich off it. You're not trying to make bank. You're just trying to make and create this thing, whatever it is, and that's what really matters. And okay. you're trying to get the money to to make that and put it out in the world. So that's one. Ex- uh, end of this spectrum because at the other end I've had a few guests on who have made, you know, a quarter of a million dollars, $300,000 and then have been able to quit their day job. Uh, so, uh, I think those are rare. Uh, we, we talk about them a lot, but they're rare, but what you're doing, it's almost a serialized Kickstarter funding micro markets, uh, type thing. How much I like that model better, by the way. Uh, just, <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of the, you know, just get on base, right? Just get on base. Don't worry about the home run. Just get on base and then see where it goes from there. Uh, does that, how much, so it, so I'm a listener, right? We're listening to the show right now. I'm hearing what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing Richard kind of ramble and struggle for some thoughts here, but uh, he's going to come around. I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, hey, that sounds really interesting. I like to dabble in some of these different things. Uh, maybe it's photography. Maybe it's film. Maybe it's writing. How much of your time, because for full-time profession, you said you're a professional, you write and photographer, right? Mm-hmm. So how much of your time does it take to do all of these other things? Or is it like a one-time burst of activity and then it becomes kind of a passive uh, income type thing? How does that work? Yeah, that's pretty much how it works. Is, is you know, I'll, I'll work on the project for a month or two months. It'll wrap and then I'll go on to the next project. So. I finished rewriting the current book, Cupcakes versus Brownies, in April. And then at the end of April, I immediately started shooting all the photos for the 2015 gaming calendar. I wrapped that last week, and now I'm already structuring out the sequel to Cupcakes versus Brownies. So it's it's kind of like you do it, you move on to the next one, and then everything else kind of happens in the background. And because you're not doing a lot of the fulfillment on your own website, or and Amazon's handling everything, once you've got it and you put it up there, it's just kind of done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I spend you know a day or half a day putting in all the orders to all the various places. But other than that, there's no other work on my end. So the publishing of the – let's go back to the one that's had some success. Holiday Wars, we, we can understand that. We've had a couple of great guests on. You came on also to talk about the whole graphic novel. But mm-hmm. the, the book one, not the graphic novel, but the finish the script book, you said that this one is actually doing very well. Yeah, the the audiobook is is oddly enough doing very well, which I would have never guessed. I would have thought, oh, well, ebook is the big thing. Ebook is going to be the hit, and the ebook's done done okay, but it's the the audiobook that I normally sell at least one copy a day, if not more. One copy a day of the audiobook is dropping in, and yet you're not. It's, it's not taking any work on your part, and I hate to use that word, and I hate to say that we found a way to make money without working, but you did do the work, and now the benefit is popping in. How hard was it to set up? How hard was it to set that up? If, if I'm listening and I'm like, Oh, I got a book idea. I actually do. I've published a book. And if I was to turn it into an audio, what are the, what do I have to do? What are the steps to get this thing published type thing? Um, getting a book published. I mean, there's a lot of steps. That's easily a whole other conversation. Okay. Uh, the, the, the first step always, you need to write the book. The second step is you need to either work with a, a content editor, or like a story editor. Um, once the book is rewritten, which is normally the hardest part of writing a book, you'll then have to go through copy editing. Once that happens, you probably have to work with the graphic designer to design the title and also the interior of the book. Um, from there, you need to talk to a, uh, a printer, whoever you're going to use to print the book, and then whatever distribution services you're going to use. 
So, I mean, there, there's a lot of steps you go into wow. it, but once you've done it once or twice, it's all pretty simple. You know, it's kind of like riding a bike. It's like, oh, I know this stage. This is the stage where I rewrite for a month. Oh, I know this stage. This is where I get the copyright <laughs> notes. And I'm like, I don't understand why I'm making these changes, but my copy editor is smarter than me, so I'm going to do them. What kind of upfront cost is somebody looking at if they were to do that process you just talked about? It, it depends on, on who you're working with. When I got uh, quotes for the cover of Cupcake vs. Brownies, the newest book, the, the art quotes were anywhere from $150 up to $1,200. Um, so the door is open, and it kind of depends on your budget and where you want to slide in in, in terms of that. Where, where do you go to find that expertise? Um, in the case of Cupcakes vs. Brownies, there is a game artist named Adam uh, McIver, and he did. Um, he's probably best known for doing Coin Age. He's the artist sure. and he's the designer of Coin Age. But he also did Council of Verona for Crash Games, which is an excellent game. But I really liked his art on that. So I contacted Adam, said, "Hey, Adam, I really like your art. You know, what would your rate be for a cover?" He gave me a rate. I was happy with it, and we worked together. Yeah, and you kind of do the same thing because you provide artwork for gamers as well. Is one of the things that you do, right? Uh. Yes and no. Most of my um, game photography, I mean, obviously we put it on, online, but I, I generally work with publishers as opposed to actual gamers and so, um, because they're the ones who are hiring me to take the photos to begin with. Yeah, so t- talk about that. So what is this that you do, this game photography? What does that mean? Uh, basically, a publisher says, hey, Scott, I got this game. I really need photos to go on Amazon or on Game Salute or anywhere else on the web. Can you take photos? And I say, sure. Here are my rates. They send the game. I take the photos, they take the photos from me once they're finished, and they go wherever they need to go. The, and just to be clear, these are not photos for a Kickstarter person who's like, I need artwork for the game, in the game. Well, I've actually worked with a few Kickstarters, um, basically people who had actually a really nice uh, prototype who sent me the game, and then they actually used that as their main image on the Kickstarter page. Oh, got it, got it. But, the, but you, you would, you'd have to have a nice prototype for me to, to take a nice photo of it there. Okay. And so you've got these – I'm really intrigued by this whole book thing because I, as we talk to more and more publishers, the, the process to go through – and it might be certainly a, a topic that maybe we can talk about on, a, on another show before because we're about r- running out of time here. Um, what kind of advice then as you go into each one of these um, different categories – do you give to somebody who's thinking of making a, a jump or a switch to a different cat? Yeah, I did a Kickstarter over here. Now I'm going to try this one over here. What kind of advice are you giving to them? Uh, I think there's probably like three or so main th- things to keep in mind. The first is no matter what you're doing, do it because you want to do it and you love it, not because you're trying to make bank. Okay. Um, the second thing that's important is is to – not do it as cheap as possible, but but try to keep your budget reasonable. For example, for the current Kickstarter, I, I would like to have Adam go in and add artwork for every chapter. But that would bring the cost of the, the book from like, you know, $1,000 up to maybe $5,000. So if the project does well, hey, guess what? We have, we have instant stretch goals. But at the end of the day, that's something I can ignore and say, all right, if we can't afford it, we can't afford it. I'm okay just putting out the book like it is. Okay. Uh, so, so just keep your budget in mind. And, and finally, I think it's really important to – to respect the demographics that you're hitting, respect your, your fan base. You know, I don't expect people who like my calendars to jump on and buy my middle grade novel. I mean, we're talking about completely, completely dem- different demographics. And as long as you're, you're not jaded to them and you, you treat them with respect, don't pressure them. I, I think it's, it's just, it's just important to, to handle that kind of way. Keep, 
It, nice. Perfect. Tell me, uh, as you're going along now, uh, you just made it, uh, you and I were talking earlier, you just tr- ch- uh, moved. Look. You still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sorry. Uh, change of location. Um, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought because it kicked us off for a second. Yeah, we got we got booted. But uh, the recording kept going, so we're okay. So I'll have to edit this part. Okay. Uh, what am I going to say? What do you see for the future? Where, where Do you see – and I'm not talking about Kickstarter as a whole. I'm talking about Kickstarter in Scott King's life. Mm-hmm. Do you see that that – an opportunity is opening because it seems like I see it. That an opportunity is opening or has opened for you to pursue a lifestyle and a, a line of work that doesn't mean you go work for somebody, but that Kickstarter allows you to a continued way of finding ways to fund these creativity ideas that then end up giving you income on the back end as they continue to grow. Is this is this a process now that you're looking at saying, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go all in. This is where I'm going. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty at, pretty much where I'm at right now. After seeing how the audiobook did for finish the script, I realized there's a much bigger post market sales for this kind of stuff, even if they aren't like the hottest thing on Kickstarter. Um, so, for example, like I said, the current book is Cupcakes versus Brownies. I don't expect it to do mega anywhere near at all at Kickstarter, but it probably should fund. The goal's low, and I'm at least well known enough that that $600 funding goal should easily be met. But I'm going to follow that up with with a sequel to it, and so after that, you know, we're going to or before that, we're even going to be doing the the sequel to the calendar. So I think it's finding out what works, what you enjoy doing, and then just just going for it. All right, well, Scott, I certainly appreciate you taking the time to come and uh, come back on the show and kind of talk about this wide range. We'll have to check back in uh, periodically, more often than every two years, so we can kind of see how this is going. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks. I'm. I'm Happy to be here. Hey, you know what? Before you go, would you mind uh, coming on again? Because uh, I apologize. I'm really just thinking about this publishing thing. I've had several guests on. We've talked about publishing. Would you mind going into some details on another episode about all of those steps that you just rattled off so quickly? Sure. I'm game. (laughs) That'll work. (laughs) All right. We'll have you back then. All right, cool. Sounds good. Thanks, Scott. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been Scott King, a serial entrepreneurial Kickstarter guy who's been pumping out one project after another and finding success in small places, and it's been uh, very inspiring to talk to him. Go check out his project, and don't forget to visit patreon.com slash richardbliss to go and pledge for the podcast to keep it going and show your support. Thanks for listening. Take care. (laughs) 